Are you a slow pit stop superfan? Listen to the extended version of today's episode with a bunch of great content that we had to cut for time. We'll be posting it a little bit later this week only on YouTube. Search Not That Good Media for the extended episode. Okay. Oh, I, I can't commentate. That car is coming. It's coming. It's coming. Ah! <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It, it, wow, that is so close. That is incredibly. I'm watching it again. It's on repeat. Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Muhammad, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to the British Grand Prix episode of Slow Pit Stop. My name is Arafat and as always I'm joined by my co-host Mohammed. Say hi Mohammed. Hi everyone. Um, loads to talk about today but I'm going to start with saying happy birthday to us because we started our podcast one year ago reviewing the British Grand Prix and what a year it has been. Yeah absolutely so we started after that big crash at Silverstone and we had been talking about it for a long time for probably like a year we've been talking about doing our own podcast and that was the moment when we were like let's just do it and it's been a whole year and we've got all of these amazing followers and fans along the way that I never thought they'd be pick up I thought it was just going to be me and our thought talking to each other into the void but we've got all these listeners and we've got more than 3,000 followers now on Twitter we've got more than 2,000 listens on Spotify and I just it's been an incredible year of growth and I'm so excited to see where the next year takes us. 100% you know all our regular listeners as well you you know who you are you know we, we talked to you on Twitter and thank you so much for sticking with us uh, it really means so much to us yeah absolutely um but Arfat we got to talk about the Silverstone race because it was it was a classic don't you think it was a classic yeah it was a funny race for me because I, I think it was a great motor race um, it had drama, it had tension. At one point, my chest was really hurting. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening here? And I realized it was my diaphragm was so tight because I couldn't breathe. And I had to like, just take a deep breath and calm myself down. But um, at the same time, it's still a little bit bittersweet because maybe we didn't get the result we wanted. It was a little bittersweet, but it did make me so happy to be a Mercedes fan and a Lewis Hamilton fan again. And for our listeners, because it is our one-year anniversary, keep an eye out on our social media, and we'll probably announce it in one of our later episodes. We will be doing a t-shirt contest uh, in the near future to celebrate our one-year uh, anniversary. We'll be giving away some stuff, and we're very excited about that. And I definitely think that you know we may try to memorialize this, this race. But I think the weekend started a little bit earlier than that. We had our little mini episode earlier in the week about all of the comments against Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. But then Max Verstappen finally, he, he couldn't avoid the question forever. He got it on the weekend. What was his response, Arafat? So I saw a lot of stuff about this on Twitter. I can't even remember his specific words, but it was along the lines of what Nelson said was wrong but he's not racist. Um, and I saw a lot of hate and anger towards that. You know, people saying it's not for you, a white guy, to tell black people what is or isn't racist. Um, and I 100 empathize and agree with that. And I, I feel like Max didn't do a great job of handling the question, but he didn't do a bad job either. I think he maybe just needed some PR coaching. Um I feel for him. He's in a difficult position. You know, he's Nelson has clearly done something wrong. And it's hard for Max to publicly shame Nelson, if that makes sense, because of their family relationship. Um, you know, if I came out right now and said something terrible. Uh, oh, I would throw I'm you sure... under the bus. <laughs> I was just going to say, how would you deal with it? No, um, I th- I'd be like, Arfat was wrong. He's off the podcast. This is the one-person show now. No, I, I do yeah. know. It would be tough. Um, it, it'd be, it is tough because you don't want to, like like you said, throw somebody under the bus. But I actually thought the worst part about Max's statement wasn't him saying that his dad isn't or his father-in-law isn't a racist because 
future father-in-law future father-in-law potential future father-in-law isn't a racist i i feel like that was inevitable he was going to say that like he's not going to call his potential future father-in-law a racist on in an interview like that would be insane but i do the part that really stuck out to me that i did not like was him saying they asked him why didn't you put a statement out against racism and he said well, if I was putting out a statement anytime there's something like this, I would just be Instagramming all day long and putting out Twitter posts all day long and just typing all day long. And I thought that was incredibly tone deaf of him. Like, you know, if you want to say that, I don't know, like everybody else put a statement out. And this is not like other sports because he was saying, you know, in other sports, people don't put out statements. It's not like other sports. There's only 20 drivers. and. Yeah. When one of you guys gets... You guys are in the paddock together all the time. Like, you need to have some sort of relationship, like a working relationship with the other drivers that you're in. And and I think that he should have just said, yeah, I dropped the ball. I should have put a statement out. Um, but the fact that he said that he didn't need to put a statement out, it was unnecessary. And then he tried to follow it up by saying that I would prefer we do action. That's great. I, I would prefer he follows yeah. it up with action as well. But I do think statements make it make a difference i think they are the bare minimum and then actions are what we hope for afterwards but you still need to do the bare minimum i was expecting like a very polished you know corporate answer um and maybe yeah rather the way you go about that is saying actually i didn't want to put as a corporate pr statement because that's insincere yeah what i wanted to do was actual work and what we've done at red bull is abc to tackle systemic racism within our own organization or whatever else you know you might say i can't control what others say and feel even if i disagree with that Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at where i do have influence and that's within my own team and so i've asked for these changes to be made to make sure that we are not falling short of the standard we expect yeah that's the kind of thing you can do Um, yeah the other thing he could have done is he could have just shot lewis a text and then later he could have said, yeah, I didn't put out a public statement, but I did reach out to Lewis privately. And I think that would have been equally fine, too, you know, if, especially yeah. if he really did. Just Even if he just sent Lewis a, a message privately, like, I'm sorry that my father-in-law said that I don't agree with him, which is a fair statement to make. But I don't know. It, it definitely came off. It was just a, it was just a bad situation, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think... I know he's won the world championship now, but I think he's still got that sort of fiery, very, very competitive. Um, you know, I look at him like young Schumacher, young Senna and things like that. And if, if this was a 35-year-old Verstappen, I think I would expect a more mature response. Yeah. But I'm not sure what I expected at this stage. So I'm almost not disappointed, if that makes sense. Yeah. So shall we get into the race? Yeah, let's do it. So we thought we'd break the race up into a couple of stories and then go through each one. So we're going to start with the protesters. We'll talk about the start, the restart, Verstappen's race falling apart, the safety car and how this played out for Ferrari's race. And then once we're done with Ferrari, we'll talk about the rest of the top four, five, six, I guess, and how their race played out. So protesters, Mohammed, what do you think? Okay, so I, you know, didn't know how to, I didn't know how to vocalize this, but Lewis Hamilton actually, his statement on Instagram was exactly how I was feeling because protests are supposed to make you uncomfortable. They are supposed to get in your way. They're supposed to cause inconvenience. So I, I don't want to say that they should protest in a way that's not inconvenient to us, the, the viewers, because that's what they're supposed to do. And also the cause for which they are protesting, I think, is a good cause. Uh, but like Lewis Hamilton said, this is an extremely dangerous sport and they are putting lives at risk by protesting. And I think that is when you take it too far is when you do put lives at risk by protesting. Um, and so it is I, a really difficult situation because I've seen some of them speak on news and things like that. And people have said, you know, why can't you do things the proper way? And they said, you know, we uh, we do petitions. We talk to our members of parliament um, we don't have the resources and money to actually elect ourselves into government yeah. because all of that requires huge amounts of Facebook advertising or whatever. Um, and they're so passionate and they, they genuinely feel like they're trying to save people and make the world a better place. Yeah. And so you empathize with that. And like you said, protests should make you uncomfortable. 
Um, and so many governments right now are stripping away people's rights to protest and it is really difficult because putting yourself onto an active racetrack is super dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I don't want I don't know what the right way for them is to get their message out. I just felt like this probably missed the mark. Um, but I do I do empathize with how desperate they feel because mm-hmm. they, they've tried to do all the, the normal things like petitions and whatever, and they feel like nobody's listening. But you know what it is, is that it's like I said, the line is putting people in danger. And I'm sure they could have... Yeah. It's not like when you run on... Make onto... people inconvenient, make people late for work, make people... Uh, you know all these sort of things um but yeah like you said when it comes to people's actual lives and safety that's that's i i also partially feel that they don't know the sport that well because it's not people run onto the field in american football games they do it in soccer games you know it's a thing that happens right but that's not if you run onto the field in a football game you're not gonna you're not gonna die okay you do just inconvenience everyone but if you run onto the field onto the track during a race you may actually die. You may, like, that is, you know, it's a completely different situation. It's like rushing in front of an oncoming train. So I think that's what it is. But, you know, I, I like I said, it, it's tough because we do want the the message to get across, especially Formula One is such an energy wasteful sport. As much as they try to say net zero or whatever by 2030, they are so energy inefficient and they're just... No, they're know, not. They're so energy efficient. Formula One, the engines that they have oh, in terms of okay, thermal the efficiency. Engine. I'm talking about the travel and the paddocks and everything yeah, else. Yeah, that's all. Non- no, like, you're right. The, the engines themselves and the new fuel type they have, E10 or whatever, it, it is more sustainable. Yeah. And they're moving to an even more sustainable fuel type. Carbon electric. neutral thing. It, yeah, as yeah. long as you use renewable energy to extract it from the atmosphere, whatever. But yeah, I agree that the freight travel, getting things to circuits and all of that, that is that is very inefficient yeah but could you imagine if all this you know carbon neutral fuel was used in planes and then that was taking stuff around that would make such a huge impact on formula one's carbon footprint yeah i think what they need to do the next step is figure out how to make the uh the fuel that they're using something that's available to the public uh i know they're trying to do that with their engine with their power units they're trying to figure out a way that cars like road cars can use it because they are so sustainable as you said they're very energy efficient uh, and I think the next thing they need to do is I want to roll up to a Petronas gas station I think they have Petronas gas stations in Malaysia don't they? I want to roll up to all over the place all over the place in, in the UK as well? none of the UK in Malaysia uh, in Malaysia okay yes yeah, so I want to go to like you know a Petronas gas station here in the United States and put some Formula 1 fuel in my Mazda that's what I want to do <laughs> but um, I, I've seen What's his face? Paddy Lowe, lurking, lurking around. Uh, he puts things on his Twitter about how he's, you know, talking to the government and things about these net zero fuels yeah. and trying to introduce them. So that's coming in because there was some motorsport event last week, wasn't there, at Parliament or something. And there were, he was there again showing off these fuels that Formula One would be using in 2026. So yeah. maybe we will all be using them soon. I have an electric car. I've not bought petrol in years. I know. That's the move, honestly, is to get electric cars. I, I'm really thinking my next car should be electric, but I'm yeah, torn It between... makes such a difference. They're, they're a little bit soulless because they're so... <laughs> no, because you know, like, like you, you remember my Jaguar. Right? Oh, yeah. That was mm, beauty. Yeah. And it's like part of what makes these cars good is the fact that they're flawed. Mm-hmm. you know and i purposely put a manual gearbox into mine and all these sort of things yeah. and you put these flaws in because it gives the car character yeah whereas my electric car now is very 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 competent hmm. but it feels like it lacks character a little bit <laughs> you know i i am torn between doing the sensible thing and getting my next car an electric car and doing the young hotshot thing and making my next car a mercedes so, <laughs> I was just looking at the prices the other day. I was like, what oh. if I got an E-class or a C-class or something? And I was like, you no, any spare kidneys. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm planning on selling my, like, everything. My entire, all my yeah, belongings everything. and living out in of America, my car. you can sell blood, right? Can you not sell blood in the UK? No, you donate it. You can't sell your plasma? 
Why? No, you just donate it. But it's worth it's worth money. You can do that here because it's worth no, money. No, here you donate it for free for the goodness of other people. That's lame. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can sell blood here. You make quite some good money too. You can also sell other bodily fluids, but you need to be of a certain build to uh, to do that. Oh, fun. Um, <laughs> speaking of build, shall we talk about Zhou Guan Yu's car? <laughs> Incredible. You know, we're at the end of uh, this year, we're going to put together a compilation top 10 segues by RFI yeah. in our episodes. So that's going to make number one. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just showing the crash to my sister today. I could not believe that. I the think the fan footage is incredible. I haven't seen the fan footage. People There's have shots footage. of it. Yeah, and they're stood right next to the catch fence. Oh and my it's... god! So you, you need to look at it right now so we can pause the recording or something because ESPN <laughs> and WTF1, they've all shared it. Here, look um, it up. Oh, I was going to put it on my phone and show it to you, but I realized I don't have a camera. Here, today. just send me a link, uh, like text me a link, and then you know what? Our listeners can come along with the ride. That's what we do here at Slow Pit Stop. We, uh, yeah, we do stuff. Oh my god, speaking of it, I hate our name, man. Like... Every time people are cursing Mercedes for their slow pit stop, I feel like they're cursing us. <laughs> there. I've sent it to you. Right, watch this, and I want you to talk me through your live reaction to the situation. <laughs> yes, let's do this. Okay. As if you're a commentator. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I, I can't commentate. That car is coming. It's coming. It's coming. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, that is so close. That is incredibly. I'm watching it again. It's on repeat. That right, so is he's going so through the crazy. gravel. He flips over flips. the tires oh and he hits God. the catch fencing. And now he's stuck in this tiny gap between the tires and the catch <gasps> fencing. So, hero's My moment. George Russell gets out of his car and runs towards him to try and help. Yeah, that was a crazy. lot of things went right for him. So he he was walking around the paddock later in the day, not a single broken bone or anything. Yeah, and his roll hoop above his head. The reason he slid so much was because the roll hoop failed yeah, and, and it passed all the tests and things. And so this is the lesson that Formula One needs to learn because he didn't go over upside down. I mean, like, I don't know how to describe this. Basically, he went 90 degrees to the road because yeah. he turned 90 degrees first and then flipped over. And so maybe at that angle, he just hit the right angle to smash the roll hoop off and then just keep sliding. So, you know what's crazy is like... Watching it live, they didn't really show the crash, you know, the way we just saw it. So what I saw was the cars turn the corner and then one car, like, shoot off to the distance, cut to George Russell. I thought it was him. And then he gets yeah, out of the too. car and runs. I thought the car was going to, like, blow up or something. <laughs> like, why is he getting out of the car and running? Yeah, they didn't show. So I didn't understand what was going on. And then, like, minutes and minutes later, I'm like, why aren't they showing the replay? We've seen George Russell is okay. He ran out of the car. And then they're like, Zhou Guan Yu is still stuck. By the way, that's why we're, why we're not showing. And I realized that, oh, no, other cars, like, that's what happened. And then finally when they did show, actually, people on F1 TV managed to find the footage first. Uh, because I saw all these, like, clips on Twitter from F1 TV. And that's when I saw how crazy that was. There, there are a couple crashes that just make you, like, like stop. And that was one of them. Roman Grosjean was one. Nico Hulkenberg when he was upside down. Do you remember that? Like a cow. <laughs> yeah. That was another one because that was pretty crazy. But this was insane. And I cannot believe that that catch fence is what kept, you know, people. It did its like, job. There's so many little yeah. things that had to go right in that situation. Yeah. The halo, the helmet, the just all of it. Uh, and then the, the gravel taking the energy out of his car. Yeah. So that he didn't yeah. hit at a higher speed. Um, but it, No, but st- I, like even with that, the car like flings over the tire yeah. barrier, which is insane. Like, uh what do you think it felt like for Joe with his head dragging on the ground? But the there was a there's the race Gary Anderson described it as if you can if you've been on the world's scariest roller coaster you can maybe imagine one percent of what Joe Quinn you went through. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so separate to uh, the the accident that happened. With with Shogun Yu. And I think the reason this happened was because he was moving right, Russell was moving left. Um, Gasly got pinched. Gasly was in the middle and he got pinched. And I think it was just a racing incident. And yeah. you can see why high sp- 
speed sports like IndyCar um, do rolling starts rather than standing starts because they all got caught out because there's such a massive speed differential. Yeah. Um, because people start quicker or slower, get bogged down, whatever. So when you eliminate that massive speed differential, you reduce the risk of ex- of accidents like this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Formula One will go to rolling starts. No, I I, keep the starts keep the standing it. start, man. It is so fun, and yeah. just work on the safety aspect. You know. Yeah, but again, separate to this incident, Vettel hit Albon, mm-hmm. who was then sent flying into a wall, and then hit Ocon, and then the whole race was red flagged. Yeah, and we started again. So how was the restart? Well, I want to talk about the first start because it was yeah. a great start by Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton and nobody else. And it kind of brought me back to the olden days, the 2021 days, when it was just Lewis and Max fighting at the top, which was so fun. But Lewis, oh my God, it was like almost like I thought it was a false start. Like just from my untrained eyes, the way yeah. everybody was still. And all of a sudden he was up into third. I thought, oh, he jumped the gun a little bit. But no, it was just that incredible of a start and same with Verstappen was like immediately ahead of Carlos Sainz and I was really hoping they would keep that order even if it meant Verstappen could start on pole but yeah going back to the next start I knew that that was not going to be replicated in the next start because everybody was caught a little bit unaware like everyone had slow starts so they were all going to be better the next time around and unfortunately that's what caused Lewis to get a little bit bogged down behind Lando Stuck behind them, but then he got around them. The second start, I think, was a little bit more benign because people were either pay- playing it safe yeah. or they had a chance to correct their mistake. That first start was sensational, though. Amazing. But the drama was... I think the top four did really well. So the two Ferraris and the two Red Bulls, there was one point where I thought all four of them were fighting for P1. Yeah. The way they went into one of the corners. I can't yeah. remember which one off the top of my head. But then Perez damaged his front wing and had to go pit on lap six. Yeah. And then soon after that, Verstappen's race started falling apart. So it was around lap 10 that signs went off and Verstappen took the lead and then just two laps later he suddenly starts moving slowly and the two Ferraris get ahead of him and he said you know I've run over some carbon fiber I'm having a puncture he comes into the pit stops they change the tires he's still slow I'm not engineering minded I don't fully understand you know because he damaged the floor right yeah with the carbon fiber that's what they said later it wasn't Mm -hmm. the tires it was the floor yeah and in my mind downforce which is produced by the floor and the wings and all these extra bits helps you to go faster around corners mm-hmm. right because that's the whole idea of it because a normal car like if you go around a roundabout would fling off to the side whereas the downforce helps these guys stay down so they can get through a corner at incredible speeds so i couldn't work out why verstappen was so slow in a straight line yeah i it's it's hard because we don't exactly know how the red bull works like that's kind of what everyone's trying I to figure out. don't know how any cars work. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Bull. Tell but, me how your car works. <laughs> uh, foot on the gas makes car go vroom. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We need to ask someone more engineering minded. Maybe we should ask Bryson or something. Yeah. Why did Leclerc's floor damage make him go slow in Verstappen. a straight line? That's why I don't understand. Yeah, Verstappen's. Yeah, well, I do want to say real quick that la- the night before the race, I got on my knees... I faced Mecca, and I prayed my absolute heart out for Verstappen to have a crappy, horrible, no-good race and for Lewis to win the race. So halfway through, when Lewis was leading, Verstappen was stuck in like P9 or whatever. I was like, thank you, God. Thank you. I'm going to do this more often. So I just want to mention that. Um, and now that I say that, my prayers probably will not get accepted in the future. But <laughs> Do you know why? Because why? you're one of those people that thinks it's okay to boo. <laughs> it is okay to boo it is okay to boo <laughs> uh but i think what happened with him was i think the, the red bull car is they said that it's gone back to a rake uh that's what people have been saying if you look at it closely it's gone back to the rake and so i think for them the floor is extremely important more important than anything else more important than their yeah, side but the floor and all of these things makes a difference when you're going around a corner and, right? and on if you a lose straight, downforce. Because, no, but you need that you need that suction downforce effect when you go down a straight as well, right? No, you don't. You want less of it because you want no drag. You want no. You want to be super slippery in a straight line and then super sucked down into the corners. Yeah, that sounds right. This <laughs> really, I don't know. You're asking the wrong. I have person. no idea. We need to find out, <laughs> right? If anybody is listening, your job is to your homework for the week is to explain the situation to us and tweet us at Slow Pit Stop. So that we understand better. 
Please explain it to us like we are five, because big words will not work. Yeah, diagrams would be really helpful. Mm, yes, and if it's a good explanation, we will invite you onto an episode to describe yeah, it further. Yeah, 100%. You can yeah. come onto the next episode and explain it to us. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> so, shall we get on to the biggest, well, not the biggest, but maybe one of the biggest stories of the weekend, which was Ferrari's race thereafter once Verstappen imploded. Yeah, you know, coming into the weekend, the question really was with Sainz and Paul, are they going to swap the Ferraris? And it really was. I didn't know. I didn't know until, you know, and clearly Ferrari didn't know either. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> do we? The, do we? Don't we? Leclerc, are, are, Leclerc, are we the bad guy or are we the good guy now? Leclerc got on the radio. He's like, okay, so do you want me to fight? Or are you going to switch us? Let me know. And then the guy's like, his race engineer's like, uh, yeah, copy. We'll get back to you. Like, no, I need the answer now. And I think their indecisiveness is really what hurt. Because, yes, they came out later and said, you guys are fighting. But it took them so long. And the first time, there's two times, really, when that happened. One before the safety car, one at the safety car start. And, and when it happened the first time, that fighting, even though Leclerc was so much faster with the broken end plate, Unable to get past science is what allowed Lewis Hamilton to pick up the pieces and crawl right up behind them. And that was that, you know, that potentially could have been the win because I believe without the safety car, Lewis could have, you know, he was he was making ground on science. He was told to lift and coast. And once he had gotten around science, Leclerc was the one with the with the broken end plate. He could have taken him, but he wouldn't have been in that position had they just made a clear order early on. You are fighting versus you are not fighting. And then at the safety car restart, again, it's like Leclerc is like, what are you doing? They're like, we've got science behind you on fresh soft. He's like, do you not want me to win this race? So... Like, I, it's just, it makes no sense. And then they tell Science to, like, yeah, yeah, you know what, push the rest of the field back. Science is like, Hamilton is behind me on fresh softs as well, and Perez behind him on fresh softs. If I hold the whole field back, we're losing more positions than that. So I don't know what Ferrari was thinking this weekend. It's crazy because what whatever strategy I had in mind is clearly the same strategy Ferrari had in mind, too. So Ferrari historically have been known to be quite cold, calculating. You know the way they treated their second drivers like Barrichello, and the famous line "Fernando is faster than you," getting Massa to move out the way for him. Yeah, and it feels like that Ferrari isn't existing anymore. And I'm, I'm really happy for signs that he won. Um, from Ferrari's pure cold point of view, it would have made more sense at this time for Leclerc to win more points. Um, but as racers, we want to see them race. You know, we don't we don't want team orders like they did on lap thirty one. We want to see them fight for the positions. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing was, but it feels like Ferrari found all the wrong things. I almost feel like this was the weekend for Ferrari to do team orders, even though we don't like team orders as fans. But from a team point of view, it was a golden opportunity. Verstappen was not going to win. He was stuck somewhere in P7 or P8. Not only did he have the puncture, but he had damage, which was never going to allow him to recover. You have to make a decision at that point. You need your lead driver to win that race. But the bigger thing wasn't should they swap or not, because they did that in the end anyway. Mm. It was when the safety car came and they chose not to pit Leclerc. And they left him out on hard tires while everyone else was on soft. That was the bigger thing. And they said the reason we didn't want to do that was, one, we had track position. If we pitted Leclerc and no one else pitted, Leclerc would have come out in P4. The other thing is we didn't know if the softs would make it all the way to the end, but we knew that the hards would. Um, And so they they had all these other things, but I just feel like maybe they overcomplicated for themselves because even when me forget me even when you can work out what the right strategy is mm-hmm. how can ferrari not yeah well yeah it's tough it's definitely tough but i do want to commend mercedes for not screwing up the strategy this week i mean we got to work yeah, on our pit stops they pitted at the right time <laughs> yeah no but like they really like i really felt when when i saw lewis hamilton immediately dive in for softs i was like good that is the move uh it was definitely a little bit challenging yeah. because carlos did it too so I knew we were yeah, going to yeah. have a fight. But then when Pro- I saw Lewis come in and then I saw Carlos just ahead of him, I was like, yes, but oh, if imagine if Lewis had come in by himself. That would have been great. Yeah. Was that the one that was... No, the one before that was when he was a, a slow pit stop. That was two seconds too slow. Yeah. That, that, then, 
but we could have recovered from that i think i feel like we could have recovered yeah but the, i think for everyone there's lots of little moments yeah that you go if this had gone that way if that had gone away and i think that's the that's the thing you know when we talk about this race being bittersweet yeah there's some races where everybody is happy the guy that wins is happy mm-hmm. the guy that comes second like remember vettel mm-hmm. and the aston martin mm-hmm. coming second he's like happy Turkey. because that's yeah. unexpected mm-hmm. uh i think azerbaijan Mm, and yeah. then like the guy who comes in p3 is happy because he's made the podium or something yeah whereas here i think we had a situation where signs is happy Prize is Ferrari happy. feel they should have got a one two uh, yeah, yeah lewis feels maybe i could have been no. higher up this podium mm-hmm. red bull feel maybe we should have won this race i think there was a lot of people that just felt <laughs> what we if? could have done better here yeah, yeah yeah the thing with lewis is so so number one you know, caveat, Silverstone, great for Mercedes. Uh, you know, we just, it's a good track for us. The temperature was good for us. The weather was good. But I think in general now, Mercedes is out of place. We've gotten most of the street tracks behind us. We only have the nice clean tracks left, except for Singapore. And I think that Mercedes is out of place now where we can challenge for wins if we get our strategy right. And if we pick up the pieces when other teams get hurt. And it's, you know, I was looking at the, you know, the, the way the season's gone so far. We've had 10 races and six Mercedes podiums, three for Russell, three for Lewis. So they're tied now when it comes to podiums. Obviously, Lewis still trails in the points. But the point I'm trying to make is if Lewis continues to qualify ahead of Russell and this weekend showed that he can. Like, you know, uh, you didn't watch qualifying. He was consistently faster than Russell. He deserved to be higher than Russell. You know, it wasn't like last time where Russell took a gamble and that's why he was behind. Lewis was faster all weekend. And if Lewis can continue to do that, and if Mercedes doesn't make operational errors and strategy errors, if we get our strategy right, we can be what Red Bull was in 2019, 2020, 2018, and actually threaten to take away some wins. I I genuinely believe that now. What did you make of the rest of the race from sort of lap 45 onwards? Well, I definitely don't remember what happened exactly on lap 45, but... Isn't that Abu- so that was when that was that Abu was Dhabi. The, is it same? Was it what? the same lap as the safety car this time? No, I can't remember what the lap oh, was. But <laughs> this was when you know the the safety car had come and gone, and then Perez went up the inside of Leclerc. Oh, he went off the track, and then Lewis Hamilton did gorgeous. that sweet move where he oh! overtook both of them. He injected then, into my veins. Yeah, but then uh, amazing racing for everyone because Perez and Leclerc. Get ahead. So Perez pushes Lewis off the road, which yeah. then allows Leclerc to make a move. And then Leclerc and Lewis are fighting for a while, you know, so close to each other, going around cops without touching, without crashing. Um, meanwhile, Verstappen is somewhere crashing into Schumacher. But anyway, <laughs> um, but all these, you know, with these three guys, you were like, I don't know what order they're going to finish in because they're just swapping places constantly. And it was just amazing racing to see from all three of them. Yeah. Um, and then you know very quickly Alonso arrived there and Leclerc uh, no, Lando arrived yeah. and Alonso commented at the end of the race that you know he thinks he should have been on the podium because uh, <laughs> I, th- I, th- th- I thought he was going to say I should have won the race <laughs> well no because he goes Perez should have got a penalty for mm-hmm. going off the track mm-hmm. and then Leclerc weaved he moved twice mm-hmm. to defend and he said you know I moved once in Canada and they gave me a five yeah. second penalty yeah. Leclerc should have got a penalty. Um, so Alonso felt that he, he should have been higher up in the okay, standings. Okay, so here is what I want to pose to you and to our listeners. I was talk- In our group chat with Adam, uh, we were talking about this. And he said, because he's a Red Bull fan, he obviously doesn't want Perez to get a penalty. But he was saying that if the new regulations are working as intended, we are, or we should get more scenes like this where we have four or five cars fighting in one turn and if that happens we're not going to get clean racing someone's going to get pushed off track somebody's going to pick up the places like lewis with the double overtake things are going to happen and we as fans need to get used to that so i thought that was an interesting point to bring up because it is sort of true because we you know the fact that the cars can follow so much closer meant that as soon as the fight started, oh my god, Alonso was there and Lando was there and Lewis was fighting to stay on the podium and Leclerc and Perez. It was amazing, incredible racing. Probably the best, you know, two-minute sequence I've seen all year. But you're right. Uh, Perez pushed Lewis off track. Perez pushed Le- and Leclerc both went off track and gained an advantage. And Leclerc was weaving. I, 
shouldn't they just have penalized everyone? Like, what do you, What do you think? I think people are. So we don't want penalties. Yeah. We we want to enjoy pure hard racing. I think when it comes to penalties, the thing I've said before is all we want is consistency. Yeah. So that if I see an incident, I should be able to say that's going to get a five second penalty or that's going to get nothing should be a surprise. It shouldn't be. Why did Alonso get one, but Leclerc didn't? Like, as fans, we should be able to... Like, you watch football. Yeah. You know if someone touches the ball with their hand, Mm -hmm. you're like, that's going to be a yellow card. Or if someone kicks someone in the head, you're like, that's going to be a red card. You really confused me because you said yellow card, and I was like, wait, we don't have... We have flags. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know, like, certain fouls will lead to certain consequences. And I think the thing about racing is, and what really fell apart in 2021 is drivers themselves didn't even know where the line was anymore. Yeah, it, it is very frustrating. And the, the one thing I will say is that I think the moment the safety car came out, we were Mercedes and Lewis were not going to win the race because it, it, with us on equal tire, the only reason, like I said, we could fight is because we had that tire advantage. And I think that even though Lewis was lapping the same lap times as the leaders, he as you know he does that in the race time he does. But it's just when you're on the same tires and now you're starting off the same, we just don't have that straight line speed. We don't have that kick to fight. So I I am happy ultimately with the P3. I would have been absolutely heartbroken if like Leclerc had snatched the last podium place. I would have been like, damn, you know, we we'll cut that out. <laughs> I would have been like, wow, we went from. P1 leading the race to P3. But Arfat, I know you were very depressed before about I don't think Lewis is going to win a race this season. I do think that's going to change. I'm optimistic. I was ex- a race like this I thought would come in the second half of the season. The fact that we're getting it before the summer break shows me that the potential is there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But speaking of unfair competition, um we put out a tweet with a photo and asked our listeners to put a caption onto it. So if you've not had a look at it, make sure you go to Twitter at Slow Pit Stop and you'll see our competition for the week, which was a picture after the race of Matteo Bonotto <laughs> wagging his finger at uh, Charles Leclerc. And we said, what is uh, what is Bonotto saying to Leclerc? Mohamed, what did people say? So before we get into what our fans said, I, so many people try to caption this online. My favorite one that I saw, because he's holding up his finger, like wagging his finger. And I saw somebody say, Bernardo is telling Leclerc, we only pit one car at Ferrari. One car. Because <laughs> they only pit signs. Uh, Arfa, what, what, you had a caption for this as well, I think. No? My favorite was sent to us by a... A uh, friend of the podcast called Adnan, which was a picture. You know the the Homer Simpson meme yeah. where Bart is like, "Oh, that was the worst day of my life," yeah. and then Homer wags his finger and says, "That was the worst day of your life so far." <laughs> so what they done is they replaced Homer's head with Bonato, and they they had Bart going, "That was the worst race of my life," and Bonato going, "It was the worst race of your life." <laughs> so far <laughs> i like that but that was not the worst race of his life the worst race of his life was monaco where he went from pole position to p4 on a track you can't overtake <laughs> was it that or was it his engine exploding when he was in the yeah, but you can't control the engine exploding monaco you how how are you so catastrophically bad that you go from p1 to p4 on a track that you can't overtake on like like, you can't control if your engine explodes. You know, it's just bad luck. Yeah. That was not luck. That was, like, yeah. horrible. So, anyway, uh, at Elise Ferrarse, uh, she put a similar meme up. She actually shared it from at Full Send Max V, who said, This is the worst day of my life. And Matibonato saying, The worst day of your life so far. I do think Adnan did it a little bit better. Mansi Verma said, There is no number one driver at Ferrari. And that's why he's holding the number one. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> at the last lap podcast said listen you said you wanted to be in front so we put you in front <laughs> that's pretty funny that reminds me of another one that i saw on reddit somebody said um leclerc we told you if you're in p1 you keep p1 to win the race or something like that i thought that was sure. really funny at not uh, book bf taylor's version said, you will not have the win, Charles. You will not have the win. Uh, so sad. 
Kimmy didn't get the drink either. Uh, Raquel said, listen to me, Charles. We may be illegal again, so shh, keep your head down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Ferrari is illegal. I think the Red Bull is where they're angling at, right? I don't know. Is, has there been whispers that the Ferrari is illegal again? I, things are only illegal when you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> in, in 2019... Could you imagine... Could you imagine if the most illegal car out there right now was the Williams? <laughs> yeah, imagine. And that's why they had their downgrades. Uh, do, in 2019, though, was the Ferrari, like, obviously fast, like, so fast that everyone was like, yeah, that's something wrong? No. No, no, no. no. They were fast, but it was, it was just, they were just, like, if you're in the know, you're going to be like, this doesn't make sense. But yeah. I don't think so. I think it's just when people, when you're fast, people start to notice and pay attention to the details. When you're slow, no one cares. Yeah, at uh, Mantas at Monvard Sastaski said, uh, oh, "Look at me, I am the captain now." I don't know why he was saying that to Leclerc. Leclerc knows who's the <laughs> at F one Black friend of the podcast said one awful strategy. Oh, 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 with the with the <laughs> counting Dracula, I thought that's pretty funny. Yes. Um, counting Dracula, that's the count from Sesame Street. Yeah, counting Dracula. That's Is that... <laughs> Okay, this next guy has an incredibly long name. I'm going to call him Dave because the rest of it is like just digits. Dave says, thou shall not tell the truth and be critical of the Ferrari pit wall. Okay, so apparently this, this is what all That's the That's probably the most likely. Well, Charles Leclerc said that he was consoling him after the race and saying we're sorry. I don't know. Does that body language look like he's consoling? I mean, it might. He might just be like, listen to me. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. You did great. These things happen, but like he, he might have just been saying something like that. There's no reason to not suspect. The body language says no, but the, logically, I feel like that's what he would say because I feel like if it was something like telling him off or not for criticizing Ferrari, he would do that in the debrief. Like they wouldn't do yeah. that in public, you know. But he might no, want to exactly. console him in public. So anyway, yeah. uh, Rosaline Hermes, Hermes Rosaline said, "Charles, did your mom not tell you that there's a time to win and a time to lose? Don't worry, be happy." And Today was the time to lose. I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably accurate. He was trying to, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe make him feel a little bit better. <laughs> I like this next one. Champerus said, you're a wizard, Clarice. <laughs> and I think that's amazing. That's what he was telling me. <laughs> At Vipol Kajuria said, Bernardo, if you, uh, Bernardo said, if you keep listening to our strategy calls, we will make sure you never win a World Drivers Championship. Yeah, <laughs> I think Carlos again today. Yeah, again that was at the safety car reset when he was like, "No, I'm not going to hold back, Lewis. That's a yeah, horrible idea." He's very just... bizarre. <laughs> very bizarre request. He keeps, he keeps making the calls himself, though. You know, he's not waiting on anybody yeah. else to do it. I think this is why Vettel and Fernando struggled at Ferrari because they had to do more than just drive the car. You know, all the memes of Vettel like being the mechanic and yeah. being the strategist yeah. and being all of this. For whatever reason, Ferrari just don't seem as cohesive, and there's so much more on the driver to lead that team forward. Yeah. And I think Leclerc has the more natural ability as a driver, whereas Sainz's advantage is he has a leader position. Not a leader, but just the ability to read the situation and say, This is actually what I'm going to do. Because he's been at other teams, he's been at Renault, he's been at yeah, McLaren, yeah, he's yeah. been at Toro Rosso. So he's kind of. <laughs> picked up things from there i guess and he's just been like no actually this is what we're going to do instead yeah um here is my question to you somebody said this online that leclerc will jump ship to mercedes when hamilton retires what do you think if oh i'd never ever thought about that if he can't if he doesn't have a championship winning car this year and next year and let's say mercedes has a good car next year lewis wins his eighth he retires next year. Let's just say that. I'm going to add a quick, inshallah. But let's say that happens. And yeah. uh, you think Leclerc would, would jump ship from Ferrari, knowing that they can't give him a championship winning car? I'm trying to think. I've never really thought about it. Right. Let's say Lewis retires. I think if I'm Total Wolf, uh, I'm going to be a fight thinking, between what is, George. What is Russell's... What is yeah. Russell's position in the situation because are you looking for a Bottas to Russell right uh, are you, uh, is Russell the clear team number one or are you looking to try and just get the fastest two in which case a Leclerc Russell combo wouldn't be bad um, who else I think if you were looking for like a Bottas situation you might bring in someone Pierre like Gasly. 
Exactly. Who has won a race, is clearly fast, but you could say to him, look, you're coming into this team in a separate position to George. I just want you to spend a year learning the team, learning all this sort of stuff and support George. And then next year, let's take it from wherever. Whereas I think if Leclerc was coming into the team, you wouldn't be able to say to say that to him from day one. When Mercedes poached Lewis Hamilton, was Nico Rosberg, was he fast enough that you could say, yeah, he's going to be the number one? Or was he a bit like a Pierre Gasly? No, I think Lewis and Nico were quite close, especially in terms of Saturday. Sunday, Lewis mm-hmm. had the advantage, but on a Saturday, Nico and Lewis were very close. You know, I almost want to say that Mercedes learned from Nico and Lewis and they don't want to do two drivers like that. But honestly, if they set down terms of engagement, it's not going they're not gonna hurt each other. And they're just gonna push each other and more and more like you look at that time, twenty fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, nobody was challenging Mercedes. At least I after also that, think mm-hmm. Leclerc and Russell's personalities do not seem as hot and fire like I think if you put Verstappen mm-hmm. and Alonso into the same team. Mm-hmm. That would be a disaster. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas I think people like Leclerc and Russell will not clash. They'll be very much about themselves. They will not care about the other person, but they won't go out their way to sabotage them. I've never ever thought about that, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. One other thing before we get to our F1 fantasy. Why do you think Verstappen never jumped ship to Mercedes? Oh no, he would. 100%. Because in my mind, that was a more realistic thing. I thought Verstappen would end up in a Mercedes. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's less realistic but actually quite funny would be if signs went because <laughs> signs eventually he'll be like yeah i've been in every car on the screen major car yeah <laughs> so he would have done what toro rosso renault mclaren ferrari and if he did mercedes that's five. Oh my how many God. has ricardo done four right toro was he at toro rosso or he went straight to red bull no, he started at HRT. So he did HRT, then Toro Rosso, then Red Bull, then, Red Bull, then, then Ma- Renault, Renault, then McLaren. Wow, McLaren. So he's on five already. That's crazy. We need to check with Virtual Stats, man, who is the driver who has raced for most Yeah, let's ask him. He teams. responds to us, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We'll okay, let's get into there. our F1 fantasy. So this uh, is the last week that we will be giving out a prize. Uh, so everyone who has been participating so far... Uh, we think you keep 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 doing it. It's fun. F one fantasy is. We're fun. gonna have an end of year prize anyway. We're so gonna have an end that. of year prize. Yes, correct. But for the week to week prizes, this is the last one we'll be giving out. Our winner this week was Han A from what looks like the in- from Indonesia. Team name is Team One. I love these people who put so little effort and yet walk in and win. Uh, it's like the kids I hated in medical school. But he's, uh, his team was incredible. Actually, he had a really good team. He had uh, Leclerc. Uh, Science as the turbo driver, Norris, Perez, Magnussen, and Ferrari as his team. The only other thing he could have had is Hamilton. But for affording everyone, I don't know, how how did he afford Norris, Magnussen, Perez? That's that's a really good uh, bank that he's got together, and he had 254 points. Han, if you uh, are listening, if you are a listener, uh, messages, and we will send you a track, uh, the Silverstone track, which is a beautiful, gorgeous track. You can put it up on your wall. And if anybody else would like, um, the promotion is coming to an end. You can use code SLOWPITSTOP to get 10% off your order. Little Prince 3D. You can get your own little track. Um, and yeah. And yeah, do enjoy. it quick. We have them in our own house and they're really, really great. And so get on there now as soon as you hear this and use the code SLOWPITSTOP um, before before they run out. Absolutely. Our highlights of the weekend. So... Number one highlight was Sergio Perez's dad kissing Lewis Hamilton's dad. That was a great photo. Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> they, he, they were so happy. Perez's dad is always so happy. Like, yeah, Perez has been great. on the podium a couple times now. He's kind of expected to be on the podium, but still, getting on the podium, he's so happy. Anthony yeah. Hamilton, it was nice to see him. Was this the only tra- uh, race he's been at all year? I don't think I've seen him since Abu Dhabi. No, I think, like... COVID has meant people have come less frequently. Oh, uh, okay. And travel yeah. is just so much harder now and things. Yeah. He was there. He was there with Nicholas. It was nice to see both of them there. Um, it would have been so nice with if Lewis had won. Oh, my God. I hate that. That's a what if. But I, it was nice seeing them together. And they were both crying with their sons up on the podium. That was nice. And somebody, Adam said, um, it was nice to see both the, the second drivers on the podium. Because it was Sainz and Perez. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny. Um, Not bad for a number two driver. That's yeah, what right. Mark Webber said when he won at Silverstone in uh, 2010. What a strong statement! Isn't that the year you went? Isn't yeah, that... yeah, I was at that race. <laughs> of yeah. all the years to go, it's the year Mark Webber wins. So funny. Um, I I really liked when they asked uh, Gordon Ramsay, who's a guest of Red Bull. They were like, "Hey, so you're here as a guest of Red Bull. Who are you supporting?" And he was like, "Uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton." Which I thought that was so funny because he's there as a guest of Red Bull. He's in the Red Bull garage, and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm really here for Lewis." Uh, but yeah. That that I think was one of my moments. One more highlight. I think the other highlight is Vettel um, driving Nigel Mansell's car. That looked great. That was nice. And I, I think Nigel Mansell was there, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't alive in the 80s, but Mansell was what, who raced heavily against N- Nelson Piquet, right? When they were fighting for championships? Uh, yes, they were, they were teammates that didn't get along. So how incredible is it that Nelson Piquet is banned from the paddock the weekend that Nigel Mansell shows up? Great. Wonderful. <laughs> and his car. I know. I love this so much. Vettel owns that car. He bought it in an oh, auction. Oh, wow. Some you know, I, I get I get these ads, and I don't know what the algorithm is thinking. I can never afford it. But it's like, you know, we're auctioning off a 2020 racing point, you know, participate in the auction. I can I would never afford that, okay? I'm trying to scrap money together for a lower-class Mercedes. But, you know, I, I, I do wish one day I had the money to, to just buy an old Formula 1 car. I think I just you put know, it in my, my living room. My... my social media algorithm is so broken that I simultaneously get adverts for do you want to buy a Ferrari or do you want to buy a Bentley? And also, hey, do you want to come work for Deliveroo? You can make money. It's like, who do you think I am? My So when I was studying for my medical school exams, you know, you're like looking up all topics in all different kinds of fields like cancer and like GI stuff and my ads were always like, do you have IBS? Do you have cancer? Do you have, like, stroke? Like, it was just, like, the craziest. It, it, thought, it probably thought I was oh, yeah. the Because in America, person. people sell you drugs. So you get these adverts, don't you? I don't see any oh, stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Correct. Yeah, I forgot that you guys don't get that. So you, <laughs> that's We so just crazy. get the drug that is the correct one to have in a situation. You know, the, which had the nicest advert and the most puppies. <laughs> the other day I went to see my, my primary care doctor and I just, I was like, hey, you know, what about this certain medicine for myself? I suggested something. And when I did that, I realized that, you know, in the UK, like nobody does that. They don't have commercials saying, ask your doctor about Nurtec. Like, <laughs> yeah, what's Nurtec? <laughs> it's a migraine medicine that you guys don't have because you're not cool like us. It does oh, cost a thousand dollars a pill though. Oh my God. <laughs> It's just, it's so incredible. It's so fun to have the U.S. healthcare system. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will have some very interesting mid-race content for you guys. Uh, we'll be sitting down with Bianca Bustamante, who had her W Series race this weekend as well. Um, and she had quite an interesting race. We're going to talk to her all about it, all about her training. This was her first ever wet race as well. So we're going to have that content. It's going straight to YouTube. We're going to be putting more stuff to YouTube, including extended versions of our episodes. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but for now, uh, everyone, have a nice day. Bye. Bye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.